Welcome to another sales podcast. My name is Paul Lanigan, and my guest today is Stu Heineck. Stu is a cartoonist. Now, before you press pause, Stu also wrote a best-selling book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. So, now that I have your attention, Stu, you're very welcome to the show. Well, Paul, thank you so much. Glad to join you. <laughs> Stu, I, from, from looking at your, you know, everything I've, I've learned about you, that you're in the business of getting people's attention. Would that be fair? Uh, yes. Well, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm in the business of helping a lot of people get attention. Now, help me and our listeners who are going, okay, cartoonist, how to get a meeting with anyone. Could you help us and just connect those two dots, please, for us? Well, sure. I, I'm, so, yes, I'm a cartoonist, and I guess that's kind of an odd combination that I'm also a marketer. In fact, I'm a Hall of Fame-nominated marketer um, and, and an author. Um, and so, it actually turns out to be a wonderful combination. It's been, particularly the first two, being a marketer and a cartoonist has been incredibly powerful. And here's why. Cartoons um, are, are alone, on their own, are just an incredible phenomenon. In, in readership surveys, magazines and newspapers have long found, just for decades, they found that the thing that gets read the most and, re best, and is the best remembered part of those publications are cartoons. <laughs> it's just those simple little drawings and, and you know, a caption. But if they're, well, if they're done well, they, 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 they're things that you will remember for years. I mean, I remember one I probably saw 50 years ago now. Um, and I'm only 50 years old, <laughs> a little more than that, <laughs> um, th that, you know, it's, it's a, a receptionist in the, in a hospital and you can see the sign above her head says urology. So she's in the re urology department and she's answering the phone and she's saying, urology, can you hold? <laughs> I think that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know who did it. I just, I just, just stuck with me for, you know, decades. Yeah. So anyway. They're a great device. They get a lot of attention, um, probably more attention than just about anything you could either put on paper or on a screen. Um, and, and so they've been great devices for me to then use in marketing to grab attention, let's say through mails, uh, through, through mailings. Um, and, and, and later, I, I, I actually, about, I actually about the same time, I discovered that if I send someone a cartoon with a note, I get through to them. And I, I've reached presidents and prime ministers and celebrities and, and I've really pushed it because it's, it's a lot of fun Okay, to just say, who do you want to meet? Stu, if you could see me right now, I'm rolling up my sleeves because I really want to get stuck into the substance of this because I know there's going to be people listening to this going, sending something in the post, that's so old school. How oh, yeah. does that work? So maybe you could talk us through the process of going from cartoons as a concept through to that, that individual, that high net worth individual you want to speak to, the president, managing director, CEO of a company. Talk me through the process. Maybe give me an example of where, where it all came together for you and you went, I have something here. I will. And by the way, I just need to speak to one thing that you said that, oh my God, that's old school, direct mail, or sending something through the mail. I need to disabuse your, your listeners of that notion. Things are, they don't, things cycle. That's all they do. They're, they're not, you know, there isn't, <laughs> sending something through the mail isn't like a piece of bread that goes stale. <laughs> In fact, what happens is a lot of people follow trends and then channels become clogged. And so if you're, if all you're doing is using LinkedIn, for example, to, 
actually LinkedIn is wonderful. It's an amazing thing. But, but if you're using crowded channels, you don't stand out as much. But if you use uncrowded channels, uh, if you take a contrarian approach, that's how you stand out. And you want to stand out. I mean, that's, that's a big part of, I mean, how do you sell if you can't break through? So, so you know, take away all of those, you know, all, all those prejudices toward things that you think are old or old school and open your mind and start thinking about just, well, what can I use that'll work? Excellent. Now, so anyway, I just I had to say that. No, you're right. You're, you're, and you're preaching to the choir here because I, 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 I saw it recently on somebody's comment on LinkedIn. And, and again, they said this, oh, that's so old school. And I think that's crazy. I, I remember the first time I got an email. I, I went home and told my wife. I, I was telling everybody, you'll never guess what. I got this email. This was fantastic. And, and, and now, now we put filters in place to block them. Same is true as letters or, or direct mail. If it's, if it's clever enough, if it, it can get people's attention, it stands out because people, don't get, people just don't get them anymore. But I'm curious about the cartoon element in, just walk me through the process of, yeah. let's say we have a concept, uh, products, whatever it is, and your goal is to get somebody's attention, somebody senior. How does that process work? What, what, you know, do, do they get an envelope with a cartoon Ben Watt? And that's what I want to try to understand. Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, um, well, I guess there are two ways I could answer that. I'll, I'll start with, um, I, I really should start with how I discovered that these things even work. Um, so, I, you know, a long time ago when I was starting my career, I wanted to break into creating direct marketing campaigns for the big magazine publishers here in the U.S. So that's Time Inc. and Condé Nast and um, the Wall Street Journal. They've been their newspaper, not a magazine, but all these, Forbes is another one. Harvard Business Review, et cetera, um, I wanted to break in. And, um, and so my first two assignments, I wanted to break in, but also I wanted to use cartoons. I, I, just, I knew that they were a powerful device, so I wanted to use the two together. And my first two assignments were for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit magazines. Are you, you must know those magazines, Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and so what I did was I created a, a campaign. It's, it's known as a test campaign because it's tested against what their role, well, their, their control, the thing that they rolled out, the thing that they send millions of, um, their, their best and most effective thing that they've ever sent in the mail. That's their control that you're always testing and creating against um, in that marketplace. So I created these two mailings and I used cartoons that were personalized. So these cartoons were written so that the gag, well, really the caption was written so that, the, um, so that there's a, a name, I mean, a data insertion point for first and last name. So these cartoons that showed up on the mailings were about each recipient. And, and that was magic. It, I beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit right out of the box. My first two assignments ever um, going up against the best things that others have, you know, the, the, the people have, that have been in the business a long time created. And, you know, that was their controls. It was amazing to, to do that. So I thought, okay, great. This is my chance then to, to bring this out to the rest of the publishing industry. What that meant was I needed to reach about two dozen VPs and directors of sales, or, sorry, not sales, but, but uh, consumer marketing or, or, or circulation at Time Inc. and Condé Nast and Forbes and uh, Harvard Business Review, Wall Street Journal and on and on. Um, so what I did was I put together a ten, an eight by 10 print of, of a cartoon and it was personalized to each recipient and it went with a note that said, 
this is the device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit, and I think we should, should put this to the test for your titles. Well, that little campaign, I didn't know what to call it. I, I, I had to call it something, so I called it a contact campaign. Mm. So that little contact campaign to 24 people cost me about $100 to do, and I'd sent through the mail, by the way, um, and it produced, I would, actually, I should tell you, what, I mean, I should ask you, what do you think it, just, I'm just curious what you think it might have done. Uh, As a contact I, I'm going to be honest with you because I've done my research and I think I've seen the oh. answer to this and it, it, did, yeah. it did jump off the page at me. I, I thought it was shot. Was it 50%? No, 100%. You're, you're kidding 100%. me. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I broke I through to all of them. I got meetings with all of them. Not only that, all of them became clients. Some took longer than others, but they all became clients, and it was because of that campaign, that little campaign. Okay, now it cost me a hundred. It was worth millions of dollars to me. It was. It cost me a hundred dollars. What I've got to ask you, Stu, is, so you got their attention with the cartoon, and we can get into that process in a moment. Is what I'm really curious about is what comes after, because that kind of a direct mailer, in terms of the follow up, is going to be different to maybe a, a mass mailer, even even with the personalization that you might send out to a thousand individuals. You sent this out to 14, was, sorry, was it 14 you said? No, two, two dozen, so 24. Oh, two do, okay, two, 24. Yeah. So um, did you phone these up individually? I, I'm going to assume for 100% they didn't all call you. No, no. You, and I, I expect that um, in, in direct marketing parlance, there's the, the response device. So usually that's the thing that card falls out in your lap and you're supposed to fill it out and throw it back in the post. But um, in these campaigns, you are the response device. You've got to call back. Actually, you know, there's, there's a whole, that, that little campaign morphed into something much more. And I, I have a whole system that, that I use for my agency clients that uses these cartoons. So now it's turned into what I call a big board. It's an 18 by 24 inch quarter inch thick foam core board. And on one side, there's a cartoon about the recipient. And on the other side, there's a message from the sender to the recipient explaining who they are, why they'd like to meet and what, what's, what comes next and their brand is on there and so on. That's wrapped in or packaged in um, this brown corrugated uh, cardboard packaging that has cartoon art all over it. It looks like something that came from, that arrived from a, a cartoon art um, a gallery. You know, it's, it looks like, I, actually when I carry them around, if I have to carry them around ever, I hate carrying them around now right. because you get so much attention, mm. <laughs> I don't want to answer the questions. But, um, and, and, there, and that is combined with a, pre, with a, a pre-call. You know, a lot of the people that we're trying to reach that are very, very important have assistance. A lot of people call those gatekeepers. Don't call them gatekeepers. Call them talent scouts or VPs of access. They're there. They are there to keep the wrong, the, the wrong people out, but they're also there to let the right people in. Yes. So we, we start that process early. So the, the sales rep calls and says, hi, my name is so-and-so. And I, uh, I'm calling you because I'm, I'm sending a print of a cartoon by one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. And it's about your boss. And by that point, the assistant is saying, oh, my God, oh, I really? It. I love it. I <laughs> and, love and it. it. And then you go on and you say, well, you know, I want this to be a surprise to your boss, but not to you. So would you mind if I send you an email with the details? Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. Here's my email address. You've already started a relationship with, yes. with this VP of Access. And, yes. um, and then do you mind if I also, if I send you the, the tracking information as soon as I have that? Oh my God, no, please. please. So by the time you're done, you have a, what we would call in the States, a quarterback. She's, yeah. she, she's usually a she is yeah. there coordinating or quarterbacking your campaign for you. They're watching for your, 
for you, for the big board to come in. They're, they're making sure that their executive gets it and sees it. Um, and so by the time all that happens, you know, the executive, these executives are smart people. They, they're watching and seeing what's happening. Yes. They're seeing that may, perhaps you also sent a card to the assistant with a card with their own cartoon. And now it's up on their, on their desk or on a, on, wow. a, on a bulletin board or something, thanking them for their, for their help. I mean, assistants are very important people to the people they assist and they, and, and so how they're treated by the people who call in is very important to these executives. For sure. So For sure. they see all this happening and they're saying, I got to, and, and then finally the big board comes in and hopefully this cartoon is right on target. And it's, you know, it's something that they're going to say, I, you know, I, this, I love this thing. Let me show it around. They do. They, they'll show it all around the office. Um, they'll keep it in their offices the rest of their careers. Um, so by the time all that's happened, what we've set up and the goal of all contact marketing is to not only open the door, not only to get someone's attention, but to do it in a way that has them saying, wow, I love the way this person thinks. I, I can't, I have to meet them. So okay. if you've done that, so you're not operating you too, on a cold call. Yeah, no, th this is fascinating. It really is. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the cartoon that comes in on this large, large poster board, I want to find out a little bit more about what's, I know you said this cartoon on one side and there's more information on the other side. Without disclosing clients or anything else like that, maybe you could give us an example of the kind of things, you know, what is on that cartoon that gets people's attention? If there's something you could speak sure. to, that would be great. Well, I mean, I have, it's hard to, hard to impart the, the impact and value of a cartoon orally, but um, one of my, I mean, I, I have sort of a lot of favorite cartoons, but one of my, one of the ones that is one of my favorites now, it shows these two women having uh, a cup of coffee together at a cafe. And one of them is explaining the other, she's gesturing with her hand because she's, she's telling something she really believes. And she's saying, let's see, um, I've got to put somebody's name in this. So let's say we wanted to reach Richard Branson. Yeah. Right. So, so the car, the, the caption would say, Richard Branson says you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their at their at their private island. I tend to agree, and I think, well, sure, I'm sure he would think that. Yes, <laughs> but how many how many of us have that? Yeah. Um, no. So so that's that's very personal because because of obviously the person's name is in there and the private island is in there. Yeah. Do you ever? What I'm curious about as well is in terms of let's say hypothetical scenario you have a new concept, a new product that you're developing, and it's, 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 it's a better mousetrap. And you want to get that message to, to somebody to get their attention that they go, oh, I didn't even know this existed. That kind of thing. Is it ever that or is it always more of, more of the, the Richard Branson style cartoon? Well, I mean, the, the cartoons... Uh, and by the way, we shouldn't just talk about cartoons because contact marketing is much, much broader than cartoons. And I think your audience will be saying, well, great, great for you, Stu. You're a cartoonist. Yes. <laughs> I hope yes, you have yes. fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what can I do? And there are so many things that all of your audience could do to everyone, everyone in your audience can use contact marketing. It doesn't require that they be a, a cartoonist in the Wall Street Journal. So, but, but, but to answer your question, though, the, the cartoons are always about the recipient. They're, it's, I'm very careful about this because if, they, if we – I always have these, these initial calls with, with, uh, with first-time clients where they're saying, hey, this is great, but, you know, and I love that cartoon, but, but could we put our brand in there somewhere? Could we put our logo on one of the coffee cups? Could we, could we, could we mention our offer? Some, it, it really needs to be out about our offer because that's what we're paying for is to – get that out there. And I keep saying, mm, 
No, what you really want is you want to get their attention. You want to get, you want to get an impact. You want to get a meeting. Or if it's in a direct marketing campaign, you want them to open it. You want them to engage with it. You want them to go all the way through to the sale. Isn't that right? So let's not kill it by putting your brand into something that really needs to be about the recipient and the recipient only. And I'm talking about the cartoon. The rest of the piece um, can, 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 can do all kinds of things to explain why you're reaching out. It has to because you need, they need to understand what sort of value you want to bring to the meeting, uh, what sort of thing you want to, uh, what, what's the issue or problem you want to help them solve. I mean, that's important to know. But I think before that, you've got to at least open the door a, a bit to having a conversation and perhaps a relationship. So what you're saying so, is, and again, just, just to stay on the cartoons for a moment, we can move off that yeah. for a moment for other examples, because uh, I'm fascinated with the iPad one. Uh, which mm. I read about. Um, and the sword. So, yes, this, yes. <laughs> I, so, and I the pigeon. The, Sorry. Um, <laughs> The the, 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 the the purpose then of the card is really to make them smile so that they'll take your call. Is, would that be fair? Uh, no, it's not. Well, they'll, I hope they'll smile. What I think they'll do, if they, the thing is, humor is about truth. What humor actually is, is truth being revealed in a twist. That's why when we laugh at things, we'll often find ourselves saying, oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. Or I've been there. I've done, I've done that. I've, I've, I know someone like that. So even if all they do is smile and say, oh my God, and nod their head, I mean, I'm not looking for an out, out loud guffaw or laugh. I just want them saying, this is really cool. Yeah. I, I, who, is, who sent this? Yeah. Man, whoever it is that sent this, they're really, I love the way they think. I, right. I, I, I mean, I just, we need more of that around. What are they, what are they writing about? What, I mean, what, are the, what is it they want to talk about? Gotcha. That's what I want. So it's almost like you, you, you almost hold that back as the mystery, what they want to talk about. At this stage, you just, it's, it's more about, as, as you said, I like the way they think, and therefore they're more receptive to taking a call from you. Yeah. And, you know, I, if I might, could I share a story with you? Please. There's a story in the book about Dan Waldschmidt. And Dan, uh, Dan is a turnaround specialist, but he is also one of the top sales bloggers. Um, in the world, and he um, his 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 brand is edgy. Conver- I mean, actually, his his um, podcast and his blog and his book, best-selling book, are all named Edgy Conversations. So he's got that sort of knife's edge, ultra competitive. This guy is also an ultra competitor. He, he runs hundred-mile races and wins. This is an amazing guy. So competition and knife's edge are part of his personal brand, and that comes out in the way that he searches for for um for new clients for his turnaround service now the, you, you obviously nobody's just sitting around saying i think i need a turnaround specialist it's a trigger it's an it's it's triggered by an event um and, and he knows that when um when someone has missed their earnings estimates that's the trigger so he watches he comes the business news for stories of missed earnings estimates and when he finds one he has this beautiful sword made up by one of the by the prop maker who made all the swords for the movie gladiator i don't know if you remember the movie but i do indeed these swords are they're just incredible they're, they're very realistic and beautiful works of art um and then he has the, the ceo's name engraved on the blade and and, and then a, an inscription um one of his favorites is his own if you're not all in you're not in at all uh, or another one that he, he mentioned that someone, I mean, a, 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 um, a quote from Tupac Shakur, and now I can't remember what it was, but they're pretty cool things. Yeah. That gets placed in this beautiful wooden box 
felt lined. It's beautiful. And there's a handwritten note. And the note says, Dear Steve, uh, hey, business is war. And, and I know that you uh, lost a battle recently or noticed that, that you lost a battle recently. I just want to let you know, if you ever need a few extra hands in battle, we've got your back. Now, that little note, it's, and it's, again, it's handwritten. There, there are no logos on it. There's, it's not on letterhead. It's just a handwritten note. And I, I usually, will, when I tell the story, I'll say there's no branding. But there's actually all the branding in the world going on there because yes. he's the kind of guy who will send you a sword and spend a thousand bucks to do it. That's what it costs, a thousand dollars every time he does this to say, I noticed you ran into a, a hiccup in your battle. I, you might need some reinforcements. I'm here. Yep. And he also gets a, a, essentially a hundred, pardon me, a hundred percent response rate to that campaign. Um, it does, that doesn't mean that every time these CEOs pick up the, the phone that they engage with him, uh, it doesn't sell that. It doesn't sell 100 to 100% of the people he reaches. But every one of them is saying, who are you? This is incredible. What, tell me about yourself. What, okay, I, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, I do need those. I do need help. Uh, I Either I think I need help, I need to hire you, or because I love the way you think, or... Um, or, or um, thank you, I love the way you think. I think we've got it handled. But either way, he's struck up relationships that, that have paid all kinds of dividends. And, and by the way, spending $1,000 to reach one person might sound a bit extreme, but every time he sells one of those contracts for a turnaround engagement, it's worth a million dollars and yeah. up. Yeah, it's, it's worth all it. about the numbers. It doesn't matter if it was 10000 yeah. as long as the return is there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's funny as you're you're talking about the sword. In my mind, I'm thinking about how how could I adapt this to my own world? And I have this I have this Australian uh, it's kangaroo bullwhip, so it's kangaroo leather, but it's in red and black. And I often use it as a metaphor for profit and loss and motivation, hmm. and also what motivates people: pain and pleasure. So I, I think there might be an angle on this one somewhere, <laughs> but uh, and, and it's not quite a thousand dollars. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Once you once you once you let your mind go on this, you could. Uh, it's it's you could be as creative. There are so many things you can do yeah. to break through. Yeah. So many things to do. And it, by the way, that 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 sword. And you mentioned visual metaphor. And I, that's a, that's an important point here. It's a visual metaphor of what Dan wants to bring to you. Yep. Um, it's a visual metaphor of his services. Mm. So he does get to talk to his service about his services pretty quickly. And there's and something else in there. What a great way to open up the door. Yeah, there's something else in there, Stu, I think is important as well as that the, the sword represents something else. You know, if you're uncomfortable with the sword, you're going to be uncomfortable with Dan, right? And yeah. therefore, it's a, it's a kind of a qualification device also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. He's, a t he's telling you he's a pretty intense guy, and he is. Yeah. He's a very, very intense competitor, and that's exactly who you need when you just m missed your earnings estimates. <laughs> You know, for sure. You need someone to get in and fight for you or help you fight. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated by this uh, because it's, 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 it's high investment with, without guarantees of return. You, you have to be confident in it. You have to work it. Um, you have me, to have the right audience the too. Sorry? You have to have the right audience as well. I mean, you've got to be reaching I, I, out to the people yes. who are worth it. Yeah, I wrote that down earlier, actually. I was talking about, to me, some of the critical points here are, first of all, is making sure you have the, the right people. Uh, you, you have yes. the right people because you could spend a ton of money and a ton of time and get nowhere with this unless you were talking to the right audience. Uh, and then the other part of it was 
the right follow-up. Talk to me a little bit about that. You, 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 you talked, we've, you've already highlighted how you prime the audience, how you talk to the uh, executive assistant and, and have it ready so that at least you're somewhat guaranteed that your, your message is going to get in front of your audience. Talk to me then about the follow-up. What does that typically look like, sound like? What are you asking for? Well, you know, I think the first thing you're doing is, if we're, if we're talking about either the cartoons or the swords, I would say the follow-up is, did you get the package I said? Um, okay. and, and, and I think that alone is probably enough, it generally is enough to engage, the per, get the person on the phone and get them to engage in a conversation. Because the conversation is, yeah, I got it. That was pretty cool. It's, you know, how did you come up with that? Or why, you know, do you do this? Whatever it is, the questions are, just that they probably have questions. Um, and, and that can certainly segue into, into a conversation about what it is your reason you're reaching out. They want to know anyway. I mean, if, if you've, if you created that kind of an impression, they want to know what it is you'd like to do for them or with yeah. them. Yeah. Um, if they don't respond though, there are a couple of, couple of things that I think uh, make sense. One, uh, we all know that persistence pays off. Persistence is something that a lot of people leave out of their equations, and because of that, they don't connect with with people. Or they don't connect with the people they're trying to reach, or the sales don't go all the way through. Um, and so, certainly, simple persistence uh, makes sense. I, I will say though that the that the the object of contact marketing is to open these doors actually immediately. Uh, it's not about uh, it's not quite about, well, why don't we just, let's run a drip campaign for the next 24 months and see if we can open the door. It's about blasting that door open now. And if you can imagine, I mean, Dan doesn't have to send another sword or a sword case or something. I don't know. Whatever. He doesn't have to send something else. He just has to call and say, did you get it? And um, what do you think of it? Did you enjoy it? I'm curious. I always love to hear the stories that people have to tell about what happened when the sword came into your office? Did you have a, I mean, you, you can see how you can engage them in a conversation. When you call through, you're typically again going to get the executive assistant. So you can say the yeah. assistant, you know, did, did you get the package? Uh, yeah, I got it. It was cool. I gave it to, to Steve. Where does that conversation, where, where, you know, well, can you put me through or do you, do you spend a bit more time inquiring about how it was received? Do you look for help from them? What does that conversation sound like? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, and by the way, I, you still, I think you still want to involve the executive assistants. Whether I'm always re relieved, I've got to say, when, I, when there is an executive assistant, because they really do, they, they just direct things, and yeah. they do a wonderful job of it. I think they're some of the sharpest people in their organizations. So, um, so you could certainly look to them to say, what, did, did Steve get the package? Um, what do you think of it? And can I get, a, I, I'm calling because I want to get on the schedule. Now they might say, sure, when, let's see, how does Thursday next week at 10 o'clock look? Or they might say, you know, he took a look at it, he loved it, he, he's, he's, he's really grateful for it, thanks you for sending it. Um, he wants you to talk to this person over here. Well, if you've reached out to, let's say, the CEO, and the CEO is now delegating it or referring you to someone else, yeah, you know they're they're gonna take that, other, that someone else is going to take they're, they're going to be very careful about making sure oh, that they sure. respond because yeah, yeah. they'll answer to the CEO. Yeah. So well, you're, you're you know, when you get a referral from the CEO, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, for sure. And I think the key, what you're, what the key message here as well is, is that whatever it goes through is it's all about personalization and, and causing a, a reaction. In, yes. In the prospect. It has to, they have to sit up and take notice and w maybe it's a smile, but it could be a, 
hmm. Like the sword, I'd imagine, doesn't necessarily get a smile, but it does get a, an emotional response. I think it gets a lot of astonishment. Um, I, I think they're, they'll open it up and say, oh my God, wow, who, is the, who sent this to me? Um, and I think that's just as good. Again, uh, you know, whether you're sending a cartoon, a sword, or a pigeon, <laughs> another story, <clears throat> whatever it is you're doing, um, you, you really, I, I, I can't stress it enough, you really want to leave those, those people thinking, wow, I love the way this person thinks. I've got to do, we've got to do something together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got, it's got to be something that gets their attention. But I guess that's yeah. where the creative agency side of things comes into play. Yeah. Although, you know, you, I've, I've got to say, I, I hear from a lot of people who've read the book now. Um, book's been out for two years. And, um, and so I, I, I love hearing from people who've bought the book. I mean, first of all, just to thank them for buying the book. That's a big deal to me. You know? sure. But, but, um, but also the, they've been telling me what they've been doing since reading the book and how these, how this has changed their lives, how it's changed their results. And, uh, and one of the things that I noticed a lot of people are doing is, you know, a lot of people are on LinkedIn, using LinkedIn extensively um, and, and other social media channels, but particularly LinkedIn now. And, um, and they'll do what's known as a profile scrape. They'll, they'll do a lot of research on someone that they really would like to connect with. So that they, they check out what, what is this person talking about? What are they posting about? What are they interested in? What are their interests? What do they list as, as their interests? And they, they reach out based on something related to that. And I think that's pretty interesting. One, one, um, one young fellow uh, who was, had just graduated from college um, read my book and started using, the, using that strategy, actually. And, uh, and he started breaking through to people that, and accounts that none of the other people in his, um, in his company were able to break through to. And, and he did that by crafting gifts that, had something to do with what these people are, are interested in. One was a one one was interested in falconry, so he sent a glove, a falconry glove, and it resulted in not not a sale, but a lot of really warm leads to or introductions to others, other CIOs uh, who who did have an interest and were, had a need for what it is that that Don was doing. Um, another one led. I mean, he, he noticed that one of these people is really interested in cooking and technology. So he had an apron uh, embroidered with uh, with a, a a quote from Arthur C. Clarke. Um, something to the effect that technology sufficiently advanced will appear as magic or look like magic, something like that. <laughs> Don't quote me. But um, and sent that to him, and he broke right through it. And again, this is someone that no one else from his company had any success reaching. Yeah. And they ended up doing a deal because of that apron. So he didn't spend a thousand dollars, and it, it's just about taking an individual approach. I, there, I would say it's an ultra personalized approach, but taking a, an individualized approach because they're people, and you need to you need to humanize yourself to these people. It's, Think about all the people we connect with on LinkedIn, yeah. and you you forget these names very quickly because you connect you connect with them. But how do you keep track of thousands of people? Yeah. Your brain can't do it. So you need to stand out a lot more. You can, using LinkedIn is wonderful, but there, and that's a great example of using LinkedIn and other social media channels and then going to a different mode, um, sending something tangible instead of an instant message um, as a way to stand out and humanize yourself. It's funny because I, I, I have this, this picture I often use in class and it's, it's 
telegraph wire and on the top of the top wire there's all these birds maybe a hundred starlings side by side and then on the lower wire there's just one and the <laughs> caption underneath it it says which one do you notice first <laughs> and, and, and it's just it's a great i would say the stupid one <laughs> yeah but the the, the 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 thing about it is where where people really struggle i find is how to be the star, the, the starling that stands out i mean i i use it to say first of all to stand out and be different doesn't mean you have to be you know, a different person. It's still a starling, but it does require you to make a bold move to, to, to break away from the pack. And hmm. I, but, but people, I think, struggle. Maybe, maybe it's a, create, a lack of creativity. Maybe it's a comfort zone thing. But what I'm hearing from you is that this method that you have uh, that, that has been very successful for you is is a way, a proven way, to stand out from the pack and get noticed. After that, after that, you are still working on your wits. You still have to strike up a conversation. You still have to be relevant. You still have to be meaningful. But it's it's getting the attention of that that top individual. You said it earlier. You said uh, the guy with the apron. Nobody else in the company had been able to get this guy's attention. But because somebody did the research. It was that they, they, they took the time, they found out what the prospect cared about and, um, and served that up and, and, and won as a result. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's just a matter of being, um, yeah, you do need to be, be a bit audacious, but don't you need to be that in sales anyway? I mean, you have to be bold. Yeah, you, or, do, you, know. you do, but you'd be surprised at the number of people who struggle with that or what yeah. they'll do is, They'll try to be, say they'll do their research on a prospect and then they'll send an, e- an, an email and they'll say, you know, I noticed that you were a member of, or I noticed in your talk, you know, on YouTube, you said something about the sword. Um, and and that, that, that is more effective. There's no question about yeah. it. But yeah. the fact is they sent it in an email and therefore the email is the wrapper and the email is just another email until at least mm-hmm. they open it. But the chances are, I may not even open it. Whereas what you're doing is you're guaranteeing that they'll at least open it. They have to open it. You, 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 you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, isn't that a perfect opportunity to instead send a, send a card and write a note saying, I noticed when you, in your, in your speech, you said this, and I'd love to talk yes. to you about that. Some, cause I've sure. got a couple of questions about that. Yeah. It, it, it's just that one step that's, that's different. And, and we, we said it at the top of this, that it's, Old school is the new way of yeah. doing things because it's just different and it gets people. It's not even that. It's just go, you know, why use crowded channels or be smart about using crowded channels at least yeah. and use non-crowded channels as well. If you, because if, if, if what you want to do is succeed, then you have to stand out. You, you can't, you're never, you're never going to sell anything. For, I mean, if you can't break through, you will never sell anything. Yeah. So, so here's a question for you that, that pops into my mind. And it's only a disease that you're going to find in large organizations. But I can imagine there's a rep somewhere listening to this and they're going, this is fantastic. This is exactly what I need to do. But because of their organization, they need to go through a thousand and one different permission channels to just you know get some budget to do this or get permission to do it and that that kills us have you come across that and if so have you any tips for people i've got a really this is going to sound very flippant and i don't mean it but you can buy my book and buy it for for others in your 
in your organization. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that to sell the book, but I just, I'm saying that because I've heard from, from people who say, you know, our whole department has, everybody has your book. Um, and in fact, the instructors are now buying the book for us and we're using it together. And one of them said, we have a discussion group on your book every week. And we wow. talk about what it is we're doing to break through. Um, it, it, it's, uh, you, um, I, I guess I, if, if you really are in that situation, if you're in that situation where you're looking for someone saying you've, you've got to have our permission before you use our logo on anything. And that, that I, I can kind of understand, but I would still say you still have, you got to be bold. You got to, I mean, you will yeah. not, I don't think your company wants you not to sell. No, so, no, for sure. But I, I so think find ways to, to do it. You, do I it think anyway. You're going to have to fight certain individuals. There will be people in the marketing department who said, we want our logo on, say it's a cartoon. And I think somebody needs to be really, and, and, and I think you're right, buy the book because I think you really need to understand the, the entire process, uh, what makes it work. Not just that it works. We know it now that it works for sure, but what makes it work and, and make sure that everybody in the organization understands that because if, if they don't, there is that danger. I, I'll give you a perfect example of this. I remember with a, a client of mine a couple of years ago, uh, the sales organization, the, the, the product that they sold was two sales organizations. So they wanted to do this lead nurturing program. So for people who weren't ready to buy, they wanted to put them into a drip marketing campaign um, and, and, and stay in contact with, with relevant content. So they came to me and said, look, will you do a couple of podcasts with us on stuff that's relevant to sales? I said, not a problem. We did it. And, and then the guy who, who did the recording with me sent me a link and he said, it's up on the website. I had to click seven times to get through to the audio. And, and I went to him, I said, listen, nobody is going to click seven times to get to this podcast. The podcast, not that good. And, uh, he said, yeah, but that's our policy. And I think that's, that's, I guess, where I'm coming from. You know, that, that, that's, that was their internal marketing policy. And that's just going to kill this. So I guess people need to really have that conviction and belief. And, and maybe do what you did with the, with the executive assistant. They're going to have to set it up so that when they come in with the idea, people are already receptive, that it's yeah. not new to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I, you know, going back to your point about well, it's that's our policy to fail, but is it really? <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, I'm, I gave you that example of that young the young fellow who bought the book, and and used the apron to break through to the to his account. I didn't tell you the rest of the story. The rest of the story is he was hired right out of college, and it's a it's a late stage, big startup. Um, they were just they were just bought by Cisco. They're huge. They 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 they've grown really really quickly, and so. What they did was they hired him as a sales development rep and uh, put him in a room with a whole bunch of other sales development reps. And one of the things that they demanded of them was that, that they make 100 phone calls a day. And he quickly found that by doing that, he was, the, the, the results were just horrible. They weren't getting through, they might have one conversation a day that might be worth having, but they weren't selling anything. So he, 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 shared this with a friend one night, said, I don't know what to do. And the friend said, buy this book, how to get a meeting with anyone. He did. And he said, okay, so in, in addition to my 100 calls, I'm going to do some research on this one, this one um, prospect, this one account to see if, we can, see if I can break through. And that's the apron story. 
So in addition to what the company was requiring, he decided to go above and beyond. The Falcon story, the falconry story, actually happened as a result of one of his colleagues started noticing, oh my God, how did you do that? We're, not, we're, we're beating our heads against the wall. We can't break through to anyone. Would you help us? And he said, well, sure. One of the, one of the first ones that he helped um, was an account that what they discovered was this, this fellow was really, I mean, the contact of the account was really, really interested in falconry, and they ended up sending a glove to him, and he helped them out. So all of that led to, he ended up helping a lot of the people in his, in his department, and that led to his, his promotion to sales manager within the first year. And that you do have to, I mean, that all happened because he decided he was going to stand out. Right? You just have to do it. Do it above and beyond what, yeah. what they're asking and requiring of you. You're right. You have to have that initiative. Uh, Stu, unfortunately, we're almost up on time. Uh, Stu, you told me that your book has been re-released. Is, is, is there new content in the book? Or is it, is, it, is, it just, is it a different edition or is it the same that's just been re-released, I guess? Yeah, it's being, well, it's being, being re-released um, yeah. as, as paperback. Um, there's, you know, there's actually Dom's stories in there. And it, so there's a new prologue, there's a new cover or new cover art, but that's, you know, it's, and it's a little less expensive. So that's, um, and that's and, that but, book. So but, that's, that's coming out mid-March. Mid-March. Okay. So but, and the yes. reason why I'm asking, I'm wondering, is it worth people who are right now listening to this are going, I got to get that book. Uh, and this podcast will go out sometime mid-March. Is it worth waiting a couple of days to, to, to get the re-release version? I don't know. You know, I, I'm holding both in my hands right now. And um, the hardcover is, it, it's just such a nice book. It just feels good. It's, just, it's a really high quality thing to hold in your hands. And the, Stu, uh, the, the paperback is as well. Stu, sorry, Sue, I'm just going to just, sorry for interrupting you. I'm going to edit out that last section because mm, okay. I don't want people to wait. I was just, I stumbled across that. So what I'm just going to do is I'm going to revisit and say, look, uh, your book is being re-released in softback. It's already in hardback and it's mid-March has been released, but people can get a hard, can they get Kindle version now? Oh yeah. And audible. Okay. So I just yeah. want to go there because yeah. I don't want people waiting. If you know, I, again, it'll be a couple of weeks before this will be out, but again, you know, if, if they put it off, even, even a few days, they may forget to do it. I want them to do it now. So let, I'll, yeah, I'll okay. edit that back out and I'll insert this back in. So Stu, uh, your book is currently in hardback as I understand it. And it's been released in softback sometime mid-March uh, this year, 2018. Uh, it, it's, it's available in Kindle right now, I, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, but it's available on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and uh, it's it's on it's so it's available in Kindle form. I think it's on iBooks as well. It's um, it's available in Audible. I mean, Audible has a has an edition, an audio edition edition of it. So it's it's quite available. And and it's if people miss this at the top. It's how to get a meeting with anyone, and I think that probably says everything. It does. Fantastic. Stu, I really appreciate your time today. It's been fascinating. I could do this all day. There's so many insights in there, but it just peel it all back. If you want to get a meeting with senior people, this is the way to do it. So go buy the book, go to Amazon, download a Kindle, buy the hardback, buy the softback, but put this process in place and it's going to have a direct and meaningful impact on your sales pipeline. Stu, thanks again. Really appreciate your time today. Wonderful. Uh, Paul, thanks for having me on. Super. All right. I'm just going to uh, just 